Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from a very familiar text of John chapter 3 and verse 16. And the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in verse 17, it says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I'm going to read verse 17 again. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Somebody say, that's my world. You may be seated in Jesus' name. When studying for this message, God asked me a question. I felt impressed of a question that I've, I've been asked before, but somehow it was different. And I feel to ask you tonight, where are we aimed? I'm talking on a spiritual level. If you had to evaluate yourself spiritually, which direction are we facing? Are we aimed towards winning souls? Are we aimed towards helping the lost? Are we aimed towards building ministry? I'm not talking about us as a church because as a church, we have wonderful programs that are open to everybody and anybody to join. But I want us to evaluate ourselves individually if we can and ask ourselves the question, where am I aimed A wise man once said that I am not afraid of dying, but I am afraid of not living. So many people would look at this through a somewhat carnal lens to say, I want to live my life that I've been given. There are things that I want to accomplish and things that I want to see before God takes me to the next life. But I wonder if we could look at this through a spiritual lens. If the church could get in our spirit that we are not afraid to die, but we are afraid not to live. Because I tell everyone that is under the sound of my voice, there is no greater desire of God himself that the church would save the lost, the church would reach beyond its walls and bring in men. Jesus, all through his life, spoke about the harvest. He said in John 
Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. The Bible goes on to say, rather, we as the church have got a job to do by this scripture. It is no different today than it was in the time of Jesus. He said, if you would just look up, if we would lift our eyes, we would see beyond these walls that there is a world white and already it's, it's ready to harvest. All we have to do is take it in. And God is sending a call out before his kingdom to us today as the church to evaluate ourselves and bring in that harvest that he is speaking of. It doesn't matter if I never sing another song or if another note is ever played from this piano. God really could not care less what we do other than winning souls because that was our first mandate. It doesn't matter if you were called to the music ministry. It doesn't matter what else you were called to do. But our first calling was always to win the lost. We have to make sure that our hands are in the harvest. The harvest is white. The Bible talks about how we have to work while it is day because the night cometh. God also said, or Jesus, in the Bible, he says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. I feel sometimes that whenever we read this scripture as Christians, we automatically think when he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers. I get the feeling that sometimes we as the church are sitting here praying for God to call other people to the mission field. And that somehow we think that if he could stir all the pastors to unite of the world, we would have a great revival. But that's not the purpose of this scripture. It is for us to be, pray, to be praying that God would send us into the harvest. We have a work to do. Even in this, what some might deem a small community, it's very dangerous to get the mentality of a small church because before you know it, we will stop looking beyond our own borders. It is very dangerous because we can become complacent and be satisfied with what we have. But I want to bring to someone's attention tonight that I truly believe that we were not saved to sit on a pew. And we were not saved just to gather in here on Wednesday and on Sunday and go through the Pentecostalisms, if you will. But we were saved in order to save the world. The text that I read said that Jesus came so that the whole world, the world in its entirety, might have a chance at salvation. He said that the whole world might be saved. 
Not every soul that's going to be reached will walk through those doors on their own. We have to get our hands into the harvest. Jesus told his disciples in Acts, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the season, the time or the season, which the Father hath put in his own power. But he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, do, do we have some Holy Ghost-filled people? Because the Bible said that you were going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. I want to tell somebody, we are not on that list. That means that we are the uttermost part of the world. But still, he said, after I received the Holy Ghost, he was going to give me power to be a witness unto him. After this occurs in the scripture, the Bible says that Jesus was taken into a cloud and then appeared two men. There were angels in the form of men, and they told them that this was Jesus that you walked with. These men went back and told the other disciples that were there, and the Spirit began to move on Peter. And the Bible says that Peter then received the revelation that the scripture had been fulfilled. And the Bible says that he numbered them that were with that were with them to be 120. And they had a prayer meeting. And at the end of that prayer meeting, they received the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they received power. And what happened after that, at the end of that prayer meeting, there was about 3,000 souls added to the church that day. I want to talk to somebody about the power that's going to come after the Holy Ghost. It's our promise that we would receive power. And when the church gets the vision that God sent to us to save them that were lost, and we combine that with the power of the Holy Ghost, we can make a difference in the world. 3,000 souls were saved that day. I pray, God, don't let us just write it off. Don't let us just write that off, that this was the start of this huge revival and this movement. Because if we write off the scripture, we won't be able to make a difference. If we write it off as just his first move of this movement, it won't matter anymore. I don't say this with any measure of offense. But I don't see how I can expect to make heaven my home when souls is not my purpose. God shook me with this message. And I'm hoping that I can relay it in a way that I'll make somebody ask the question. How can I expect to make heaven my home if reaching souls is not my purpose. We wouldn't fit in, ladies and gentlemen, because heaven was designed for souls. I can't have a problem with my brother and expect to live in harmony beside him in heaven. I can't hold prejudice against people of a certain color 
or a certain nationality and expect to live in harmony when I get on the other side. Something's got to be changed in here. Something's got to be changed while I'm in this life. The Bible doesn't give us a vast description of everything that Jesus wore and everything that Jesus ate. It doesn't give a vast detail of where he lived and how he worked before his ministry. But what it does give a vast detail of is how he worked to win the lost. How he worked to win the lost. We see in every sickness that was healed, every blinded eye that was opened, every dead that was raised, he didn't give the miracles just to be done inside the four walls of the church. But he, every person that was healed, it was a soul to him that he saw. He wasn't aiming just to heal the people, but he was aiming to reach the world. And we have got to get it inside of ourselves that we are going to go after his burden with every fiber of our beings. That is the ministry that God has called every woman, every man, every young person to in this room tonight. God has called us to reach the world around us. Every individual, under the sound of my voice, you know people. On your job, and even in your family, that may never come across the path of our pastor. Therefore, I can't leave it to my pastor to do all the work. I can't leave it to the leadership of this church to do all the work. I've got to get my own hands in the harvest. With that being said, of how the Bible didn't go into great detail to describe the life of Jesus, I bring this thought to you that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you wear, what you drive, where you live. He's not concerned with that. That was never a commandment of how nice you appear. I'm not taking away from modesty at all when I say that. But what I'm getting at is the purpose that drives us has got to be souls. If we cannot be moved by this message of Calvary, if we cannot be moved by the gospel, we'll never take it to our world and expect them to be moved. If the story of his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection doesn't do something to my spirit, I can't expect to go tell somebody on the backside of nowhere when it's not Sunday morning service and expect for them to feel any different. We have to have the desperation for the Holy Ghost. That is where the power comes from. That is where the burden comes from. We won't get it until we get his spirit. I'm talking to the point of overflow. That is when a revival will be born in these last days. The Bible says in Isaiah, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. 
because they have no knowledge. It says, and the honorable man are famished, and the multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. It says their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. People are going to hell every day. Even while we are in this service, men and women are going into eternity every day. And I bring this thought because it is what God gave to me that tomorrow on my job, I might share the story of my testimony and I might share the goodness of Jesus if somebody asks me. I was so convicted when I thought of it that way that a lot of times I'll, ask, I'll wait for somebody to ask. They'll, ask. they'll have to ask, where do you go to church? I hope I'm not alone. <laughs> but I have to find myself and see where I'm aimed Because unless I can determine where I'm aimed, I can never reposition. I want my drive and my desire to be to reach the lost because that was his drive and his desire. People are going to hell every day. The Bible said that she has opened her mouth without measure. And if this message somehow does not get into the church, the church can never get out into the world. If we don't somehow let God touch our lives, touch our minds, and when I say we, I'm talking more to myself than anybody in this room. I'll I'll be transparent. If I don't let God transform me with this message, I'll never be able to make a difference. I know that I have to get to work because he called us to reach the world. He kept telling them the whole time he was with his disciples, go get them. When he first called them, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. The importance was his ministry and his his soul-reaching ability because he didn't come to condemn the world. We're not here to solely tell them how to dress, how to talk, how to live, and how to walk. That's our place to show them, but we're not here to condemn anybody. We are here to reach the world through Jesus Christ, through the all-saving power. I don't want to ever forget where God has brought me from. Better yet, I don't want to forget what God has kept me from. There are people that say, were it not for grace... I don't know where I'd be. I can tell you something. I know where I would be today were it not for grace. And I'm thankful to God that he had enough compassion on my soul to reach down and take me from what I was headed to and put me in a safe place. I'm thankful to God. And I want to...
want to share the message with every fiber of my being. God, let it transform me. Let me get a hold of it. Let it transform me. Because I've got to be aimed to reaching souls. It doesn't matter if I never get to speak again. It doesn't matter if I ever get to sing again. I was first called to be a soul winner. I was first called to be a soul winner. How will they hear it if I don't tell them? How will they hear it if I don't let them know? I'm trying to get through to somebody today. How will that woman on your job ever know that there's a better life than what she's drinking on Saturday night? How will the man on your job ever know that there's a better life than what he's doing on the weekends? I don't want to keep it trapped inside of me. I've got to let the world know that there's a better way. I've got to let the world know that there's Jesus and he's able to save. He's able to heal and deliver. He can take any disease and turn it around. He can take any addict and put them clean again. He can take any marriage, no matter how far it's gone, and he can put it back together because he is all powerful. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I got to let them know. Because the Bible said, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself. When I read this scripture, I said, God, get this image in my mind. Because hell hath enlarged herself. That, mean it, that means everybody that I speak to on my job, if I don't let them know, they're going to go to hell. Because he placed me there for a reason. He placed you there for a reason. I want to talk to somebody. You may feel uncomfortable on your job. You may be looking for a way out. But if God shuts the door, you need to stay put. Because he placed you there for a reason. Amen. You're around somebody that needs this gospel, that needs this good news. There was a woman in the Bible that approached Jesus for a miracle. And she said to him, she was begging of him, that he would somehow help her. And his response to this woman was he said, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. He said, it's not my place to give this good news to the dogs. But something inside of that woman broke with a desperation, even though this man had given her a racial slur, if you will. This man had cut her down as far as he could have. But something inside of her spirit broke, and she said, even the dogs deserve the, the crumbs that would fall from the master's table. I'm telling somebody, this woman had found the good news. And she said, even if you call me a dog, I've got to deserve this somehow. There are men and women dying in this world. They don't know the words. They've never been to this church. They don't know our Pentecostalisms. They may not know how to ask it or even pray for it. But they're saying, even the dogs deserve this. 
There's a world just outside these doors. You don't have to go to some major city to find it. You don't have to go to some major community to find it. But there's a world just outside these doors that is trying every form of sin. But let me tell you something. If they could feel what we feel right now, God may not be stirring right now. It may just be a Wednesday night service. But if they could even feel the peace that you feel right now sitting on these pews, they would put down that bottle and never go back. They would never turn to drugs again. Because let me tell you something. They're searching for the answer. And next weekend they'll do it again. Tomorrow he'll do it again. And she'll do it again until they find the answer. But I'm trying to plead to somebody because I feel God in this place that we have to make this part of us. We have to get this message inside to say where am I aimed? Am I positioned to where I can reach the lost in the dying world around me? If the musicians would get ready. I want to be moved with his message. I want to be moved with his message. The Bible says in Luke. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary. They crucified him. And the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And Jesus, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They were crucifying him and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots and the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them. And the rulers said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. They were crucifying this man. And they looked at him and they said, He saved others. I want to be transparent for just a moment. I don't want to read this message again and again and again. I know most of us in here could quote the story of Calvary, scene by scene. This is not just a message for Christmas and Easter. But it has to be the call of our lives. They said he saved others. Let him save himself. Here's the deal. The others that he saved couldn't save themselves. This is the only way into the kingdom. The Bible says so. God, don't let me enter eternity knowing that I did not do everything within my power, everything within my life, God, 
to make an eternal difference in the lives of men and women. Don't let me enter eternity with the blood of men and women on my hands that I could have said something to. It comes down to the fact it's as trivial as saying a word of encouragement. Just like the woman that said all she needed was a crumb. You may not have to give them a full-on Bible study, but all they may need is a crumb to make a difference in their lives. I know that this church is an awesome church. I'm so proud to say that I grew up in this church. I remember sleeping under the pews of this church. I was even left here one night. But I got over it. But we have to make this our cause. We have to make it part of us. God did not move on men and women to start this church in the middle of nowhere just so we could come in and have a good time on Sunday morning and on Wednesday evening. He didn't simply give his life to save those that are here in this room, but he gave his life to save everybody. I want to get it in my mind, everybody. That's people I like and people I don't like. Everybody. In his eyes, no matter how mean they can be, no matter how dirty they are, how bad they smell, in his eyes, they have a right to hear this gospel. Because he said it's the good news. I want to read one more scripture as I close. And it says in 2 Timothy, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. If we don't reach the lost, if we don't do everything within our power to save those around us, there's coming a day where they're going to have itching ears and they're going to believe anything that's told to them. There are churches beyond these walls that anything, I'm talking anything goes. Come as you are and stay that way. And we'll all get to heaven the same. No, that's not how it happens. That's not how it happens. We got to let God change us. We got to let God work on us. Yeah, I want the drug addict to come in. But we better have some truth here that can change his life. I want the smokers to come in. And I want the alcoholics to come in. I want everybody to bring their problems with them. Come on. You can bring that divorce with you. You can bring that marriage that's going bad with you. Because we know a Jesus who can transform and who can change.
We've got the power. Because he gave us this message. There are churches who take anything. I'm talking anything. They advertise on their signs, no matter your sexual orientation. Come on in and just stay that way. Let me tell you something. Our sign better say, come on in. But we've got the answer to your problems. We better not shun him because he said he didn't come to condemn him. But he came that the whole world, that is everybody, that is every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever seen the light of day. The whole world might be saved through his name. That the whole world might be saved. The whole world. If we could stand, let's close with family prayer. And I'll ask again, where are we aimed? Are you aimed at building your ministry? You may, be, you may be waiting right now. God may just be dealing and working on you. But while I'm waiting, I want to be building my ministry. I want to be building on some firm foundation. Even if I've got to wait on Jesus to move for a while. I want to be sure I'm working on something. Because he gave me this message and with every fiber of my being, I've got to be sure that I can share this message. That Jesus came, that he lived, and he died, but he rose again. He sent back his spirit, and it wasn't in vain. He sent it back to change lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.